to see for yourselves one of the most amazing events. When is this great experiment for me? Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It's time for the Beaky Drummy Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Premier Show. Joining me today, Mr. Guy Halford, Mr. Lee Price. Hello. Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Hello. Mr. Philip Hillis. Hiya. And behind the desk, twiddling in his knobs, Mr. Callan Dates. Hello. How are we all this fine, almost festive December of the Eve? Guy, what have you been up to this week? Oh, you picked me, and I, I, I've done something horrible. Our listeners are going to turn off because I did something very unacceptable. However, <laughs> I deemed it to be acceptable behaviour. You right. didn't kill a puppy, did you? I didn't <laughs> kill a puppy. Did you? Did you go and hunt down that otter from a couple of weeks ago? No, that otter's ace. Um, right. I went out for a meal with some people. Terrible. And. Me. Why are we all just like holding our heads in our hands, ready for the the second hand shame? Me and um, the person I'm with, who I'm not going to name, um, we were both at the bar, and a man pushed in front of us. So already we were annoyed because we had been um, we had been sort of denied the chance at the bar, and that's frustrating. You know, you want to get your drink. Anyway, I finally got someone to serve me, and. Um, Midway through when I was being served, a divering dotty came up. A what? A divering dotty. So this is a. Do you mean an, a person of age? Person of age, yeah. Came up to the bar where I'd been waiting f- to be served for a while now and was like, Excuse me, the toilet floors are very slippy. And I was like, Right, and the what, woman. Why is why is this old lady now a villain from a nineteen eighty she, she was a villain. Anyway, the woman behind the bar turns around and goes, "Really sorry about that. We do have a sign up though, which obviously advises customers when the floors are slippy, so that does cover us in case there's any emergency or any accident." Fine, that's where it should have stopped. Dotty. Yes, but the floor is really slippy in the toilet. And I and it's like, that's it. She's repeating the story. So I uttered the following words to the old lady. Go away. <laughs> and, I, and the barmaid just stopped. People just stopped. And I was like, you need to go away now because I'm being served. And you've already told her this once. And she's acknowledged it. So go away. And she did. <laughs> and then, like the barmaid was like... Um, I could have doubted that. And I was just like, yeah, I know, but she'd already told you and you'd had doubt of it. So I was just making sure she knew the point. Um, but it was like, why you've complained, you're not getting anything out of it. It's like a typical, like, elderly pensioner thing. It's like, they expect, like, the problems to be resolved instantly. So it's like, so what, what's going to happen in this situation, Dottie? You've fallen, if you've fallen in the toilet, that's your own fault for not reading the sign. I would- However... 
I would have handed her a mop and a bucket and said, there you go. I was like, Mick, what, do you want, what do you want to happen? Do you want to fall over again? This woman helps you up off the floor. We're going to reenact this. It's like, no, you can just go about your day and not expect something like all old age pensioners do when they've been slightly inconvenienced. Do you know what? I, I felt so smug with myself. I was so happy. I was happy as well because the, the insult used was go away, which is like something quite tame for me. Like, I just feel like go away is like uh, not really a commonly used insult, but I was, it had the effect. So yeah, I've been offending old ladies. These selfish, entitled baby boomers. What snowflakes. Exactly. Go away. Am I the only person that feels sorry for this old lady? Like, she probably just wanted to use the toilet. Yeah, and, and, like, she has to fear risking her life to go in there. It's winter. It's going to be quite wet and damp outside, regardless of what time, what, even if it's not rained for a couple of days, the the damp leaves, the wetness is still going to be there. If you're going to go into a toilet, usually it's going to be the same kind of situation. I mean, the irony of the story is there are on the floor was quite slippy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I we to... need to explain what irony means to you. Because <laughs> what you just said is that like, irony is, oh yeah, it's the thing that I just described. It's like, no, that's the opposite of irony. That's just what, you're just describing what happens. You want... Now who's repeating a story? It's like, Aladdin, away. <laughs> it's like Aladdin's Morissette's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just shocked at the fact that well, it wasn't dealt with. Because knowing... I don't have much for, I don't have much truck for public conveniences mostly because the people that use them don't know how to so that the fact that Brian's description of the fact that this uh, this wetness is due to the leaves <laughs> seems highly unlikely because I know that most public conveniences I know most blokes just go I'm in the door this seems like the place well, to do it everywhere it goes but this is up the um, walls but this was an want. old lady not an old man so if you yeah, I'm sure the, I'm sure the ladies are probably just as bad as unless it's unless it's not the old lady from Little Britain that we're talking oh, about oh wow I don't know that show I feel like because obviously we'd been yeah. pushed in front of I feel like the thing that heated me up was the fact she'd, she'd made the complaint the woman had given the answer there was no reason to so go back into you her had, you had the, the large muscular man who pushed in front of you mm-hmm. to order drinks first and you let go and not have any interaction with and then a little old lady who was a bit concerned about the fact she might slip over and break a hip <laughs> and you had to go at her I told her to go away yeah. so yeah. what did you do to the bloke that pushed in I mean he'd already been served at that point so like it doesn't take two seconds to get served he's pushed in ordered eight points it's took a while what have you done while you've been waiting for that you've just been glaring at him giving him a hard stare like Paddington Bear <laughs> alright things at bars that really annoy me when, when like two people go to the bar and then somebody goes excuse and it's like kind of like well they did reach the bar a couple of seconds before I'll let them go first and then they order a round of drinks for like oh, 600 cocktails people. and everything, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like, I'm I'm here for one beer. And it's like, yeah, but I'm dealing with him first. And it's like... Mm, That's why mm. you need an express lane. Yes. If you're mm-hmm. ordering two items or less, and all you want is a beer, a yes. gin and tonic, or a glass of wine. That, that takes less than 30 seconds to prepare. Or a cocktail yeah. that's going to take five minutes to prepare. You know what? There needs to be a separate station for that. Yes. I though, think he's onto something here. Though I do dislike the owner of said chain. Where the spoons are quite good that you can order for the app now and they will bring the drink to the table. See, I was just about to say, why can't bars just be like the McDonald's? And when mm. you go in, you go to a screen, you order your drinks and you get your number called. 
Not none of this kind of like flipping bar jockeying to try and get in first. That's that's why I never go to a cocktail bar to just have a drink because you will be there for three hours whilst they set sparklers alight, <laughs> carve dry ice. That's okay. That's not a cocktail. A cocktail is a glass of pure alcohol that's been shown some sugar. It's a martini. Yes. It's a Manhattan, or it's an old fashioned. And you go somewhere that does table service for a yes. cocktail, and then you don't have any of that nonsense. If you want something with sparklers and whipped cream, then you're a child and you need to go to a fun fair. <laughs> Would the human league? song be different now would you would you would it be a little bit more difficult to meet somebody as a cocktail waitress yeah because she'd be too busy yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dizzy, dip, busy doing dotty's complaints we'll be able to see her there'd be dry ice everywhere <laughs> i mean like it's i was like a 1980s episode of top of the pops <laughs> i was wrong but the ultimate wrong here was that she felt it was necessary because there was a guy who was waiting next to me she felt necessary to jump in front of two people to make that, that complaint that's, that's where yeah, that's where that's, the problem lies. that's the entitledness fair enough she was making a complaint but to barge in front of somebody yeah. who was being served at the mm-hmm. time to put a complaint in yeah i agree with you on that so one. like top that guys i told an old lady to go away so how was your week <laughs> I hate having to sort of agree with Guy and be like, <laughs> yeah, he kind of has a point there with, like, pushing in. Yes. <laughs> Phil, what have you been up to this week? Have you injured the elderly? Either? Oh, I didn't injure her! I just <laughs> insulted her! You injured her mentally. You you upset her to the stage where she actually walked away from you. Well, yes, because she was given... She was told to go away, and that is what she did. Um. So, no is the short answer. <laughs> I, I've not... Um, I've not offended any baby boomers, to my knowledge. Um, I've not been trolled on Twitter or anything this week, which has been... And it's been a nice change, actually. Um, I, I've, had a, I've had a good week, thank you. I So I watched a fun new movie on Netflix. Went online, wrote a little thread on Twitter about what I thought of it, what I, re- I really, really liked about it. And then this, like... This is why I have open DMs. This... On it, Deep PR comes sliding in and was like, would you like to interview the writer and director of this movie? Oh, is that the one about the... Um, the so it's Netflix's adult camp. industry, yes. Yes, so it's um. basically, um, it's like an episode of Black Mirror set in the world of cam girls. Um, and I uh, spoke to the writer, who is a former cam girl herself, mm-hmm. um, and I spoke to the director, and we, we, we spoke about online culture, cyberbullying, um, sort of digital identity... Yes. And it was just really, yeah, it was a really interesting, fun conversation. And it's a great little movie. I would recommend it. It's it's really sort of unnerving in places. Just Not it... one for the kiddies, though. Well, don't, no. don't, don't watch the, what was it? Who, um, who's the actor who's in the Christmas movie on Netflix? That, I mean, that a, doesn't there's, really there's narrow. There's about that a gazillion of them. Pretty much everybody. What's his Kurt face? Him from Gone of the Galaxy 2. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Kurt Russell has done a Christmas film for Netflix as an original. Phil, would you feel that the film would give Callan a strong message about what he's watching online? What? Oh, oh. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's a non-judgmental so uh, film, so it doesn't offer a, a, a particularly clear moral or message one way or the other because being online is a nuanced experience. So now that is a good piece of film work for me because then it encourages debate. Exactly. So it's not like an episode of Black Mirror which is basically just at the end of it you get smacked in the face by Charlie Brooker going, your phone's bad! Your phone's bad and I'm really smart! Orange, I pointed that out. Orange man bad. Yeah. yeah um, doesn't, doesn't reduce the debate to just that. What if yeah. phones but too much? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think... This, this is what if porn did, but too much yeah. is the, I didn't make friend of the show Nate basically do Black Mirror but like 
in medieval times. times. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and how easy it would be just to freak out a load of like you know uh, medieval monks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should check that Twitter thread out at some point. That was uh, so uh, something that our friend Nate Crowley is also doing on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, this month is he's doing a Mister Blobby Advent Calendar. <laughs> oh. So where this is... has he come back from? Because he was on this morning. Edmonds has oh. been on a, I'm a celeb. So, so does that, that. that means the blobby returns? Is it like his symbiote? Yeah, it's basically because he got out of Noel Edmonds' dungeon. For <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it like Venom? Basically, like Blobby is the other symbiotic part. I, <laughs> I, I will take that comment back though, because I do think Noel Edmonds could sue me. <laughs> I am. Um, I have been. I've been very much enjoying that Mr. Blobby has made a return in the age of memes. Yes, because mm. there there was a, a clip of him. Just just like walking around, I think it was the This Morning set, just like tripping over furniture, falling over stuff. That was his entry onto the show. I've <laughs> yeah. seen and, and the caption was um, me uh, after I've promised my my parents that I'll be really quiet when I get home from the pub. Mm. Yes, I've <laughs> seen that just, one. Like, basically, into everything. I've seen that's the thing off the side. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one as well. It's like when I come home to my wife at two a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it scare everybody in this room that he wasn't even a thing before when Mr. Callum, Blobby do you had know a who Mr. Blobby is? I do know who Mr. Blobby is. He's Explain like a... Mr. Blobby to us all. Okay, he's like a pink guy with like spots and he was like in the 90s or something like that. <laughs> That's not okay. That, 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 that was almost English. Um, but yeah, he's, he's like SpongeBob and Patrick in one being. Trying to explain him to my American friend who did not grow up with British television was quite an experience. A man in a suit assaulted people on like, he, TV. So he looks like an STI. Yeah. Yes. And he's around children. Yes. See, now you've given me an idea. I now need to introduce my American friend to him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was basically before Me Too kicked off because Mr. Blobby would be part of the Me Too campaign nowadays. Well, I feel like that that's why he's on TV all the time now. He's trying to get out ahead of those allegations. Because <laughs> <laughs> he basically did assault every single celebrity of the 90s. He just jumped on people and, and, and yeah. yeah. So what did he do? Just like run up to people and sort of like and push them over into Gunge and there was a song it was in the charts I was about to say there was a was it Christmas Mr. number one Bobby. he did a Christmas oh. single as well I believe there were oh, two the blobby single. songs you know what we are literally I would say only one more year away from there being a slowed down piano version of that song on the John Lewis Christmas ad <laughs> Nicki Minaj is going to be no. I think you'll find there'll be a dance hall remix with Nicki Minaj singing the blobby bits that actually be sick. I'd like that. <laughs> hey, hey, I missed the blood bait. <laughs> it probably has a child, baby blobby. Oh my god! I mean, it's, it's divided. It was just, it was strange days. I think you know, he had every, a girlfriend. Every, this is this is what happens when you make TV in the nineties and everyone's off their head on gack. Mm. <laughs> it I was, think there was a whole load of extended lore around Mr. Blobby. I do well, remember he had his own it. theme park at one point. There was Blobby Land. Oh god, yeah. I've seen, I've seen like the abandoned footage of it. Yes, Blobby Land. Wasn't it Crinkly Bottom? That was, was that was where Noel I lived in House Party. Yes. That was and Blobby Land was in Crinkly Bottom, which they turned into a theme park. Right. Where did all that money go, Mister Edmonds? <laughs> I'm so glad I was out on Saturday nights in the nineties. I mean, you had the you had the better side, which was the Friday. Are you getting nights. into clubs looking at your idea? Like, not tonight, mate. Not tonight. <laughs> well, you had the better side of it, which we had a good Friday nights worth of TV, unlike nowadays. Because so Friday nights used to be a fairly decent run of TV. You'd have Vic and Bob. You'd have Red Dwarf. The word. The word. The girly show. <gasps> you had oh my god! Tier you had five. Smack the Pony. Yeah, Tier Five Friday. What? That just sounds like a euphemism. 
<laughs> I, I can't just dis- I can't disagree. I can't I can't say I can't say that I disagree, Callan. I, I believe it was. It was basically you remember that press show that you watched? Yep. What if that but comedy and good in the nineties? <laughs> okay. No, you're thinking of Drop the Dead Donkey. Yes. Oh, is. Drop the Dead Donkey, yes. Yeah. Right, so which, what... which again just sounds like one. <laughs> oh, Why Smack is the that? Pony was Smack the, the Pony was um, the all women sketch show with yes. Sally Phillips oh, yeah, yeah. and um Doom McKinnon and Doom McKinnon, and, and, yeah. And, and yeah, it was brilliant. <sighs> Reminiscing about Friday Night TV. Wasn't there that terrible Craig Charles pirate show as well? Where he played oh. a pirate. Oh my god. Oh yeah, because uh, he had yes. <laughs> no. Because remember, there was that show. There was Red Dwarf and Craig Charles's Funky Bunker on during that period. So like, Craig Charles was on two channels for four hours of this one period of time. Do you remember when John Barrowman used to present Electric Circus and he was Scottish? Oh yes. <laughs> Wait, what? John Barrowman's genuinely Scottish, Callum. John Barrowman, normal accent, is a, is a Scottish accent, and he swaps over to American for the Americans because they can't understand his Scottish accent. But he always appears on a US TV chat show, and he'll swap back and forth because it's always amusing for Ellen to watch him do it. Oh yeah, because British people are just a novelty. Like that's, yes. that's the only reason James Corden has a career over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I've just looked it up. Captain Butler was the name of the pirate show with Craig Charles. It ran for one whole season. <laughs> one I season. really don't remember this. And then you had Funky Bunker, which was basically the word, but with Craig Charles. I mean, Brilliant. Funky Bunker is. Um, I mean, that's that's what I call my flat. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you call the basement to your flat? <laughs> <laughs> Lee, what have you been up with this week? Um. Sadly, nothing as exciting as telling off old ladies or interviewing people from uh, films or anything. Um, been... he, just, he just kicked a dog in the face. No, no. <laughs> no. Um, no, just been sort of catching up on some films that I've not got around to watching. And uh, there was something else that I, I was going to say subtitles <laughs> there. <laughs> not those kind of films, guy. Yeah. Debbie does. Um... <laughs> dinner time <laughs> and um, yeah it's just not a massively exciting week although I did have um, a discussion on Twitter the other day about how um, suitable for purpose the peach emoji is in terms of it being used to represent a derriere I don't think I've ever actually See, I've gone for the nectarine that mm. is much more appropriate I mean, space mm. welcome to the 2015 yeah. discourse <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually used a peach emoji for anything remotely related to a peach it is now canon that the peach emoji is it sexual is, it is yeah. like the yeah. aubergine slash eggplant yeah. emoji yeah. of the film Call Me By Your Name in which a peach is actually used mm-hmm. I mean I'm not I'm not gonna hashtag spoiler alert yeah. like just watch it unless you're unless you are you know like mm-hmm. a child and then don't watch it yeah. <laughs> Lee could we try and guess the films that you watched based on a series of clues set by yourself give us an emoji okay um I will say a dog was it the emoji movie no that's <laughs> it a dog's tail a dog's life no homeward bound no What's the Cujo uh, the one where the dog goes like crazy, crazy. that's yeah. Steven Spielberg Pet no. Cemetery. No. Stephen King. Stephen King, that's the <laughs> yes. one, yeah. Um, Beethoven. Isle of Dogs. Beethoven 2. Oh, correct. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I how you all went, man. What, what did you think? Because we, I think everybody in this room loves Isle of Dogs. I enjoyed it. 
I hugely enjoyed it. So, um, some of us like it so much that they spend money on the figures that some of us <laughs> in the room don't have, and some of us might rob someone for. Hey, no, Keith. Okay. Hey, Keith. They're trashy. I don't know. I'm not interested in them anymore. Keith's looking at the Cubo figures instead now, I think. Yeah, I want a yeah. Cubo figure. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. Um, I, I like stop motion films anyway, so it's always good to see stop motion movies. Jeff like Goldblum that. should play more animals. Yes, he should. What what other films did you watch based uh, on emojis? Um, I didn't watch any movies based on emojis. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't watch the emoji movie? No, I have oh. no intention of watching the emoji movie. Um, I did I did watch the um, finally get around to watching the Lego movie when it was shown for free on YouTube the other week. Didn't they, did you hear about this by the way? They mm. for the Lego two, movie two trailer, mm-hmm. the ad for the the ad was the entire it original the entire Lego movie. movie, and I, that's and I decided. Screw it, I'm going to watch the whole thing. <laughs> so to advertise the second movie release, they put yeah. the whole Lego movie on for a weekend. So if you want to like watch yeah. the Lego movie true trailer, you'd have the entire Lego movie mm-hmm. as the ad for that trailer. Why didn't someone tell me about this before now? Because what? we'd assumed you'd already watched the Lego mm-hmm. movie. You or are you, you still on Duplo? <laughs> are you still only allowed Duplo? Is that what it they is? They need a Duplo movie. That would be like... That was Amazing. The <laughs> like, if they just clap back at Lego and make a Duplo movie. Oh, you know Duplo is owned by Lego. Yeah, is it's, it actually? It's the, it's the junior version of Lego, oh. yes. <laughs> I thought they were just different companies. I didn't no. realise Lego owned them. Like. And it is in the Lego movie. And the well. reason it's called Duplo is it's twice the size of Lego, so you can actually mix Lego and Duplo together. I think he just blew his mind, to be honest. <laughs> with that. He's struggling with that. See that confusion on his face already. Mm-hmm. And this has been another edition of What Doesn't Callan Danes Know? <laughs> Do you know what? I was going to be so proud today and say, you know what? I hadn't learned anything all week. I haven't done anything that's made me feel stupid. I'm currently at a university and I haven't learned anything all week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, this tuition fees paying off. See, this is the thing I agree with Terry Pratchett's theory of universities, which he's, he thinks they're in knowledge sync. They accumulate, uni- they accumulate knowledge rather than deliver knowledge to people because children go in thinking they know everything and then come out thinking they know nothing when they go to university that's correct mm. that's way too deep and like real Keith what have you been up to this <laughs> week I'll go with the easy thing first I've um, been you fall over some leaves no 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 we'll get to that um, <laughs> you got told to go away no. by someone in a park <laughs> no <laughs> I had a, had a clock chat. I'm still, I'm still aggrieved that you didn't have, have anything to do with the big bloke that pushed in front of you. I would have clocked him round the ear, put a bar of soap in his mouth. Just let somebody else push in and then take out your pent-up aggression on a poor old lady. Shocking. Um, I've spent a lot of time kind of um, trying to guess when Mark Silk's been doing advertisement voiceovers and then pinging him a message on Twitter going, Spotted ya. voiceover actor, Mr. Mark Silk. Yeah, he's been doing this for some terrible things. He did one, I, found, I saw one um, Was that Mark, oh, Mark. yesterday. For who's the dude? An inflatable man that you have to act out this is things Mark with. Silk, we interviewed back in 2017. Yeah, yeah Mark Silk, who, who appeared on Geeky Burmy first. He was definitely yes. a guest that we had on Geeky Burmy. He's been a guest and no he's other, a, a, no other radio a, a family favourite here. Well, he's been on other radio shows, but definitely was on Geeky Burmy first. So wait, wait, wait. Mark Silk was Johnny Bravo? The UK voice of Oh, okay. Genuinely didn't know that one. He was Scooby Doo and Shaggy. I knew that one. I'm getting a migraine already. If you delve into the Geeky Brummy archives, can you'll find the show (laughs) that where we, as Geeky Brummy, the team had Mark Silk on the show on the Geeky Brummy show. So, so he does a voice on Thunderbirds, which is cool. Yes. So. I spotted him this Who's the Dude game he was in which Overlord weird. as well and he's yeah for yeah. PlayStation and he was in Star was, Wars Episode 1 he was I also X-Men. know he was in the UK version of the Apescape games yes yeah 
Uh, so, who's the dude? Weird game. I said, that, I'm not buying that. Uh, Ravensburger 3D Puzzles, as well, was another one he's done, <laughs> uh, which is quite good. So, I'm, tr- I'm trying to kind of get a kind of Mark Silk bingo of all the terrible. Um, are, are you stalking Mark Silk online? He, he goes no, I, to John Lewis after Christmas and buys cheap chocolate if you want to find him. <laughs> I'm just like, is there, not, is there an ad for, for a game that Mark hasn't done the voiceover for, which is quite good? What's, um, the, what's the one with the dogs passing gas? I saw that in Asda the other day. It's like a dog ass. Don't give your sexual predilections to us as a board game. It's like gas something. I don't know. Gas leak. I am not seven. I'm not. Look, I have no seven-year-olds in my near family. I'm not going to get him. Find out what that's called. Dog gas. Don't game. Google. I'm not. Dog bottom on that piece. <laughs> dog dog gas games. Do you think the reason that Mark Silk hasn't been back on this podcast since 2017 is because Phil keeps keep Steve stalking him? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like- oh god! You <laughs> overlook something huge. Can your purpose. New Year's resolution to be learn our bloody names? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Michael Keith, like Michael Myers, just stood in the background of every time that Mark walks out of the house. You just see Keith in a binder bush go. Uh. <laughs> it just entertained me while I was having to watch some advertisements. But aside from that, um, and kind of as a, as a kind of a aside to guys, I invented an old age pensioner this week. <laughs> what you invented? Oh, one? I invented one. Yeah. I was. I, you created I was, um, one from the ether. I just meant. Well, I was a bit aggrieved at the fact that um, I have to um, take a walk down a street uh, at the moment. It's particularly covered in large leaves that are soggy and wet and kind of piled up. The adjacent streets are all cleared, but this particular one's all a bit of a mess. Uh, and it was dark, and I was down. I got. I got. A Did bit you fall over? About it. No, I didn't fall over. The whole. Did you the whole fall, story tell, about tell the truth. No, Did I fall didn't over? fall over. I just wanted to get the street cleaned of the leaves. So I, I invented an old age pensioner who I purportedly said had fallen in order to say this is not bad, this is not good, you should clean up the leaves because other people might You're also fall over. holding them truth on the internet. No, I, I, I did what Spock did. I just kind of, you know, omitted certain facts which weren't true and added ones that were not true. So you lied? No, it wasn't lying. It was, I just made it up. It's a story. It's fiction. I, I did really... they ever check on this? I can't, know. I can't wait for this for this tale to escalate, <laughs> and you end up having to like hire an actor <laughs> to play this pension. I can't wait for them to get back to it. And God, go, damn, can you give it. us the details? Like we need to yes. talk to this lady. Like there's an actual lawsuit just going. Just writing forward. the whole backstory for this person. Can He's just pretending to be uh, them on the phone. I might know a disgruntled pensioner who'll help you out with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She knows a thing about wet floors as well. <laughs> Indeed, and slipping over. So it's all, it's all, it's all happening. Can I just point out the game is called Pass Gas Dog Fart Game. Wow. It's basically a dog with its bum in the air and it eats food and it farts. That's such well, an imaginative name. I that's love so it. stupid. Can you imagine say, that? That is a truly a, a name for the modern age. There was a it? room full of ad execs all getting paid seven thousand pounds a minute to come up with this idea, and they took four and a half hours to come up with <laughs> that, dog fart gas game. That's that's a Friday at ten to five decision. That one is. I always love it when you get a business who has a new logo, which is old logo but blue. Here's our check for half a million pounds. We need to work in advertising. What? Child, what have you been up to? Um, well, learning that Duplo is made by Lego and that like you can actually put Lego and Duplo blocks this together, which is still blowing my mind. So he's putting Lego on his Christmas list this year so he doesn't get Duplo. So I, I knew that Duplo was like the baby version of Lego when I was a child. I didn't know that they actually interacted between them though. Like you could stick your like they don't Duplo on your Lego. That's the thing. They don't interact. They connect. They don't interact. 
they're all sitting there mingling the box. Like, no, no Lego piece has sentience. Unlike, unlike the Lego movie, no Lego piece does actually have sentience. The minifigs are not having a party in the box when you leave uh, them alone. I think they are. I think this is a conspiracy that you're trying to be like they don't. Just Callum, so it's like... Callum, not everything is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to other than being mind blown about Duplo? Uh, other than that, sort of. Any other basic facts? Uh, Electric no. sockets are live when you turn them on. <laughs> if you turn on the tap, water will come out. Um, oh, I learned that you can that you can get a vacuum cleaner that sucks up water. I didn't realise that was a thing. Well, like a wet vac. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't realise those were a thing. You do didn't realise any vacuum will suck up water. It's just they're not supposed to. Yeah, but like that are designed to suck up water. Didn't we go through the entire Henry range a few... Uh, a few months back yeah, now, and we explained like... that one was a wet and dry back at that time. I'm sure we did. Oh, did we? I don't remember that. What? I don't remember the Henry episode though. I have a question that links this. What were you doing with a vacuum? <laughs> um, well, I... love bites. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> my girlfriend was definitely down this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you remember, if you remember, a long time ago, many episodes ago, I mentioned the fact that I had a flood in my flat. <laughs> That flood still occurs, and so I got a wet vac to sort of suck it up. Is his bedroom the toilet in the pub you were in? <laughs> <laughs> um, Why have they not sorted the leak out yet? Well, they gave me, like, one of these, like... I a don't bucket? know what they're called, but it's designed to, like... <laughs> it's designed to, like, suck in, like, moisture, but it wasn't a doing enough. A dehumidifier. That's it, Yeah. But it wasn't doing enough, so like now I've got like a wet vac, so I've got to see if that works, and then like go why are you back pointing? And like why are you like something like, like you're doing a gun <laughs> mechanism to a wet vac? A wet vac is a vacuum. I'd love to put a humidifier and a dehumidifier in a room and just see how they battle out. How you create a wormhole? Right? <laughs> so where's the leak? The, the leak in the flat above you. Uh, the leak is yes, coming so out of his so. mouth by the sounds of it. So why 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 hasn't somebody gone into the flat above to stop the leak there rather than getting you to vacuum up the water when it reaches well, your floor? Clearly the they think it like has it. stopped. Clearly they think it has stopped. But another leak has now caused between my room and the room next to mine, which is leaking down into the floor below. So it's like different do, leaks. Do you live now. in a swimming baths? <laughs> That's the only explanation I can have for water running down the walls. To Callan's credit, he does live in student accommodation, so that's... Do you know what? Yeah, the student accommodation, and then there's, like, Minas Tirith from Lord of the Rings, where water will fall regardless. Maybe it's a cave that he lives in, and it's just the water dripping down the walls. Do you know the funniest thing? Is that Ryan roasted me for living in a really bad area intentionally, because that's it was cheap. That's because you live next to a McDonald's that's full of knife crime. Yeah, and the worst thing that's happened to me is, I have a leak. That's still pretty decent. I mean, to be honest, Callum, if I was a mugger, I wouldn't mug you. You don't look like you're worth mugging. <laughs> well, that probably explains the dress sense. That's why he dressed like a farmer, because people are going to know he's only got a Nokia 3310 on him, because he hasn't upgraded since the dawn of technology. Well, what have you been doing then? Uh, do you walk around at work with a press pass on, thinking you're ace? No, it's just a lanyard. No, okay, I think that's a bit of a show. Just stand it, do you not put your do you want to see my sexy work pass? Do you not put your Where I actually look older on my work pass from eight years ago when this photo was taken <laughs> than I do now. <laughs> you look really weird on that picture. I look older on my work pass than I do now, wow. and this was eight years ago. Why have you got a press lanyard on? Because I've got a lanyard, and it was so a nice I, lanyard Callum. to use rather than having the company name written in giant letters down around my neck. So you go to work as press? No, I go to work exactly. with a lanyard with my work pass on. What did you do this week? I watched the last episode of The Juice because Vibs was watching it and it was really confusing. Oh, really? Because you might need to have watched like 
you know, eight the, episodes the, before. I was going to say, watching the 30 episodes prior may have helped, but they finished everything off with a montage, which blatantly means you got the cancellation notice before the last episode. Yeah, but they've been self-cancelled, though. Have they? I yeah. thought they were doing five seasons. No, they're doing three seasons, three, uh, um, three specific time periods. But I always hate when a TV show ends on a montage. Yeah, but it makes sense with that because it's like it just shows where everybody's at at that stage. It's the end of a decade. It, it's it just, made sense. Though. It's just lazy writing to me. <sighs> Story should be finished, not a montage. I'm going to end this show on a montage. How would you do that? <laughs> How would you end an audio descriptive <laughs> podcast? On Phil a sits there with head in hands. <laughs> Lee That's... has smile on his face. Ryan is on the floor panicking about putting this show out. Keith slips on leaves. Guy <laughs> is slamming Callan's head into war. Callan has a goofy smile on face while happening. When you said a montage, I think you was. I thought you were going to do like a compilation, like an audible compilation. Yeah, that'd be like... called a compilation, not a montage. Yeah, I know that now. They're the same thing. <laughs> That's Are what I they? was thinking. Yeah, a montage, yeah, like a is, montage is like no, a montage is a visual method yeah, of you, doing a compilation of scenes. You don't really have audio montages. No, we could try because they can't really work. They don't work. What else have you been up to, Ryan? I've also been watching Castlevania on Netflix. Finally catching up with the second season. It's been a bit weirder than the first season because the first mm. season just felt like this should be. The first half of the season, yeah. So it's more like season two is season one, part two. Yeah. And I've also been rewatching the On Genesis Evangelion for the eventual release on Netflix, Mm -hmm. as I dug out my Blu-rays and DVDs, so me and Lee could compare collections Mm -hmm. of the On Genesis Evangelion. If you've never watched the On Genesis Evangelion, it's one of like the epitome of animes. Yeah, it's sort of a very classic anime, very dark, very weird, and it's pretty much just. It gets very descent into madness is the yeah. best way to describe it. It gets very existential towards the end of the episodes, but the weird thing about it was the last two episodes wasn't made by the same director had made the first twenty four episodes. So if you watch the actual series that was produced, the last two episodes make no sense whatsoever. And then they actually released the last two episodes as a separate film called End of Evangelion. Isn't that just anime? It makes no sense. Well, no, it, it had a pretty logical plot up until the 25th and 26th episodes, which are just weird. So it's basically like they've, the way they've said it is the last two episodes in the actual TV series are the mental in the head version of what's actually happening in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I that makes no sense to me, yeah. <laughs> having seen none of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when it is on Netflix, I'm going to force you all to watch it. Because it is one of the greatest anime TV series of all time. Even though it's about ro- robots fighting monsters. That's kind of like the backstory to the whole what's actually going on. Isn't that just Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim was inspired by Neon Genesis Evangelion. Why didn't they take the title? Because Pacific Rim is a stupid title. Yes. Well, Neon Genesis Evangelion is a bit of a mouthful. Pacific Rim is easier to say. True. I mean, I feel like monsters versus robots is what they should have gone with. Yeah. Just say what it, say what you see. But no, 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 because then it would have been jinxed by the versus cursed of there's never a good movie that has verses in the name. Godzilla okay, okay. versus Destroyer. Godzilla the versus, versus Mega Godzilla. Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. <laughs> the list goes on. For kaiju movies, Scott that Pilgrim versus really... the world. Oh, 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 okay, okay, yes. <laughs> Burn. You've done that one. I didn't care for that, and you may quote me on that. Oh! <laughs> Alien vs. Predators wasn't very good. I, I enjoy it, but it's not a good movie. Mm. That sentence makes no sense. 
you can enjoy something that's not good. You can enjoy something, but it's not actually good. Yeah. Of course that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Does it? It's it like does. you could like trash TV. That doesn't make it good TV. I've enjoyed plenty of bad movies. I can enjoy Love Island. I'm not going to say it's a bleeping masterpiece. Like, <laughs> I saw, I could, I saw you're saying that I could enjoy Callan, but I don't have to like Callan. Oh, and that was the other thing that I find. <laughs> My final thing of the week is I watched the X Factor file and turned it off after half an hour because it was around my uh, in-laws' house and they had it on because Bib's dad likes music TV, just likes having music on in the background. My God, what what has become of that shining beacon of ITV's Saturday schedule? It needs to be euthanized, really, doesn't it? I mean, I can remember for about a decade that show dominated the Christmas number one. Yeah. It was, I mean... Whether you like reality TV or not, it was kind of a cultural phenomenon. And now it's just sort of like they've well, let it go on so long that it, I, you, I, I don't know who any the of the ju- winners are. No, the judges, Simon Cowell, granted, he's going to be there, mm. cash cow. Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams' wife. Robbie Williams' wife. Why is she there? <laughs> Why? Why are you there? Tagging what, along. What Why? Is, what is she known for besides being his wife? Because I'm guessing she's Nothing. famous for something. I think she. I think she was a, a model. She's maybe? in a few sitcoms. So she hasn't even. Right. She hasn't had a music career. Is what I'm trying no, to get at. No. Okay. But I feel like that to get him, it's a package deal, basically. Yeah. And Louis Tomlinson uh, yeah. from One Direction. At least he's not makes old sense. enough to get himself. Oh no! So with the okay, not that this is going to become an X Factor podcast, but no. Louis Tomlinson went through the X Factor machine. Yeah. So as yeah. a, that makes sense to, to me mm. to have him as one. But of the he's going to have no musical knowledge outside of the X Factor experience. So but how is he? None's gonna... necessary. Have you seen the show? Yes. Um, but the three finalists, none of them could actually sing. This is my biggest dis- biggest thing about the whole show. None of them could sing. They were all singing songs, and the actual person who sang the song comes out to sing the song with them. Oh, they still do that. And it's like, so what is the actual point of you singing the song? Because how is this now judged? Because you've actually got the original singer of the song with you performing the song as it is. Can I just ask a question? Why doesn't Viv's dad tune into one of the multiple uh, music channels that has wall-to-wall music videos on during the day instead of watching X Factor if his thing is to have have music on it? Or, God forbid, the radio. If you've ever watched any Chinese TV... TV for any length of time, it will either be a drama series like EastEnders, but set in ancient Chinese time, or a singing <gasps> show. I want to see ancient Chinese EastEnders, <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be a singing show. That are the only two types of TVs broken up with the news. Maybe a cooking show once every six months. That's about it. All I can say about this link, Ryan, is that you made it your own. <laughs> Uh, we like to read out weird news It's fun and good and fun And Ryan likes to talk it about it It's Chaz and Dave doing the weird news Here we go There you go Was that to try and make me feel bad about Chaz's uh, Chaz Feel good about Chaz's death or, like, Only, only Dave Keith and Dave it. Could Keith and Dave work? <gasps> yeah we could Keith and Dave would work Snooker loopy nuts are We don't know nothing else about it If you ever brought the Omnicord in You could like Cure it with Dave Dave's got the Pianos? Was it Dave on the piano? Or was it Dave is on the guitar? Guitar. Uh, Omni Chaz was on. The... I'm getting Keith mixed up in the band now. <laughs> I'm confused. Keith and Chaz. What's going on? He's already established. Yes. I've Keith already, on the omnichord. Dave on the guitar. I, I think it was the other one. Uh, I've got. I'm playing pianos in East End pubs. All right. What's shall we one? actually go for the two I news articles? I have. I've lost in now. Right. We're going a bit more local with the news this week. I have pulled out two stories from the UK. So the first one is from Gloucestershire Live. 
<laughs> Can I just say before he says it, this is the best headline I've seen in 2018. This uh, got me as soon as he sent it. The, the person who wrote this headline knew exactly what they meant when they wrote this headline is all I can think of. Mum's smashed backdoor saga in Gloucestershire lasts more than six months. <laughs> they knew what they were doing with that. They totally knew. They knew exactly what was happening with that storyline, didn't they? And the second one is from BBC Bristol. Aloha's Fallen Madonna sells for £15,000 at auction. Wait, what? Say it again? Aloha's Fallen Madonna auction sale, £15,000. Ah. <laughs> well, it's obviously not that one then, Ryan, is it? Callan's not going to know what a low low was. That's I, I do, I do. It was a TV sitcom in like the seventies, wasn't it? Oh, good, because we don't have time to explain it to you. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> do we want to go for the fall of Madonna, or shall we just go with the smashed back doors? I want to, I want to hear how that mum got her back door smashed in <laughs> for six months. Was it six months? It was a saga. Yes, by Philip Thompson. Wait, so were they just smashed in and then they didn't repair for six months? If you let me read, smashed in. If you let me read the story, we can go into it. So to repeat, gloss. uh, You're going to go into the back door. (laughs) Mum smash back door saga in Gloucestershire lasts more than six months. By Philip Thompson, a digital reporter. Assuming that means he doesn't do. It doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Emma Robinson, who lives near Sirencester, has been frustrated at such a long wait. I'm really sorry if you listen to this show. A mum from Gloucestershire is frustrated after being made to wait over six months for repairs to her back door. <laughs> Emma Robson from Kemble, near Sirencester, discovered a broken glass panel in her rear door earlier this year and contacted Bromford Housing Association and Bovis Homes about a repair. But she feels angry, ang- upset and angry that the back door saga has lasted for more than six months. Emma has become increasingly stressed about the issue as winter draws in and severe leaks and drafts cause fear for her well-being of her children. She said she's worried that children will slip on the floor or fall outside and land on the concrete or that the glass would break on them. Right, that's the point where I got confused, right? So, children will slip and fall, but she's worried the glass, the glass will break on them. How? I don't understand that part. Are they, are they slipping and smacking to the door so hard the door just, the well, glass just. If you let that old lady come give her her complaint in full, you may have found out. <laughs> Emma also, ha- also added, I sometimes have disabled people at my home, so a puddle on the floor is very worrying. <laughs> That's written out of context. <laughs> that is written out of context. That is, what, what does that even mean? That is not what they meant by what. No. Emma had to barricade her back door with towels to soak up the rainwater cascading into her home whenever it rains. <laughs> she said to the housing association it was up the company to sort it out, but they've been help they'd, they'd been helpful trying to liaise with Bovis about the repairs. She said I placed an order for multiple times but they'd fallen through so there was no order number. A spokesman for Bovis replied, "We have apologized to Miss Robinson for the delay and we caused by the glass replacement needing to be reordered." We've been communicating this to her and now awaiting the delivery of the correct replacement from the manufacturer. Once this is received, we will arrange for it to be fitted as soon as possible. <laughs> Update. At the time of writing, Emma notified Gloucestershire Live that the door had now been fixed and she was very grateful for this. Fantastic news. Um, that, that, that's got a happy ending this Christmas. Phil looks mortified. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the headline was great. 
like the, the best thing about it was the headline. The story itself is like, okay, yeah, well, I, I get it. Like her back door was broken, like, but it, it, it has that, that was. This is an article that should have just been a tweet. Yes, this mm. it has my favorite thing of all local newspapers, which is a picture of the person pointing towards the offending yes. issue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> always looks sad as well. Can I add though, Ryan, that like there's a close up of the of the smashed. Back door. It's a crack. It's a crack in the glass. It's not even broken. It's a crack in the glass. I want to know how much rain gets through a crack in the door that requires a puddle. Well, well, it I feel was like it was cascading in. Like no vandals even did this by the sounds of it. It literally just got too cold and cracked. <laughs> that, I, that is a great news story. This... I mean, I feel like you didn't like it, but for me, yeah, it was a great this... headline. The news story. I just feel like I've lost three minutes of my life that I'm never getting back. Well, well this this is like my favourite breed of news story where it's. A news story that doesn't need to exist. It's no. just there to fill it's, space. In it's, the- somebody's, <laughs> it's somebody's gone on the phone in frustration after six months waiting for a replacement plane. I'm going to call the press about this. And then uh, she's rang around oh, every paper. This is the same kind of woman who, like, at brands on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? It's like, if you're going to lean into the pun in the headline, I want to hear it all the way through. I want to hear about this woman's yeah. back crack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. Why didn't Phil write this article? It would have been so because much I have better. better things to do with my time. I'm an actual journalist. See, if the person who was responsible had been sacked, it would have been a sack back and crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, I'm just aggrieved at the fact that halfway through the article, they go, "Oh, oh rear door." I've been typing back for ages, and my Grammarly's telling me I've used back to, in too many sentences in a row, so I've got to change it to rear. So, just consistency, please, through the article. Keep it the record. Shall we talk about the fall of Madonna? Nah. I, I, I mean, which fall of Madonna? When she fell over on stage? or No, it was the portrait. So it was the fall of Madonna with the big boobies. Which was like a running joke on LOLO for ten seasons. I mean, again, the story is in the headline. I'm yes. not sure we need any more context. It was proved sold for 2007 for £4,000 for a private buyer. So some Muppet with more money than cents bought yes. a fake picture. I'm sure we'll see it at conventions. What, signings? Yes. Did the auctioneer say, listen closely, I will say this only once. <laughs> For £75, you can have your photo taken with the, the mad- fallen Madonna with the big boobies. It is a pinting. I, uh, I, w- I want to meet uh, the woman with the crack window at a convention and get like, get her to sign something for me. Like, oh my God, I totally saw in the paper. She just turns up with the door. Yeah. <laughs> you get a photo of her pointing at it and you can stand in it with her at like, a meet and greet. I'm sure she'll have a booth at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I, I've just envisioned a completely different scenario where Guy, and she's pointing at something, Guy's there, it's the it's no it's not a good thing it's I'm getting signs to tell is it is it guy in pub again guy telling off oh <laughs> <laughs> and that's the photo he's going to put guy's going to put on his christmas cards <laughs> <laughs> so there's another sherlock holmes movie dropping at the cinema very soon this is after robert downey junior's version and the other one with mr cumberbatch from the telly that wasn't a film that was a tv show well that's why he just said telly and yes. you're, not, you're not an adult, you're a boy. <laughs> but it's another film with Sherlock Holmes in. But this time, it's Will Ferrell and John C. Reilly. Step brothers are back. Otherwise known as members of the Flat Pack. So we thought we'd do a whatever happened to the rest of the Flat Pack. So shall we go through the Flat Pack's they members stop being first? funny. <laughs> so the Flat Pack, so you've probably heard of the original Rat Pack. You've heard of the Brat Pack, which was the 80s version, and the Frat Pack was the early 2000s bunch of comedy people that became famous very soon. 
and it's quite a selection of people in there. So you've got Jack Black, Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, David Kochner, and a few close contributors as well, like Judd Apatow and Mr. Wes Anderson. So were these all in like something together, or did they just all come up at the same time so they were all grouped together? It was kind of like that early 2000s turnover of Most of them comedy. had been in yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Oh, okay. And quite a few of them have been in multiple movies together. Yeah, I think yeah. it's kind of like multiple crossovers with what yeah. they've all been yeah. in. So. It's like Anchorman, Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to dive in with the most popular of the frat packers, Luke Wilson? <laughs> well, I was actually going to go with. By default, right? Well, I was actually going to go with David Kochner because he's a weird one to slot into the rest of the frat pack because what do people actually know him from? The whammy guy? Yeah, basically. Uh, so, what, what are the lead? He's never really had a lead role as such in the frat pack. I mean, would you cast that guy as a lead? No. All he does is whammy things. I mean, he was in Freaks and Geeks. I'm. I, I feel like I would recognise his face if you showed him to me, but the name David Kochner is not ringing any bells. The whammy guy from the Anchorman. whammy guy from the Anchorman. one who used to wear the cowboy hat. Shouts whammy like that. That is the only thing he does in the film. Yeah. In what film? Anchorman. Anchorman. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm blanking on he's his He's been in quite a few Let's of the films. Let's move on to a more popular <laughs> yeah. member of the Frat Pat Ryan. He's, he's done quite a lot of bid parts, basically. So, Jack Black. Okay, so Jack Black's recently returned to the yeah, yeah, movie scene. Yeah, I think he's scene. having a, a bit of resurgence, Jack Black. Yeah. He seems to have found a niche with, like, kids' horror films, like well, he Goosebumps. Had that Goosebumps, and, he had that uh, other one. Which House was, of the Clock on the Walls. And Goosebumps 2, which he didn't mention anything or be in any press for because it was too close to he, House of the I Clock saw that film. He's literally in it for five minutes. Yeah, He but, drives a car somewhere, turns up, and they're like, no, we solved the problem now, and that's it, job done, he goes home. I think it was contractually obliged because it was so close to that House of the Clock on the Walls, mm. and it was a very similar kind of film that he couldn't really do anything. Which is a very good film, but you do see Jack Black basically his head on a baby's body which is genuinely the weirdest image I've seen in film all year but he's also been in Tenacious D's back basically isn't it I think they're on tour they've got a new album out yeah so they're back as well so that was quite a big thing back in Mid to, early mid two thousand. I feel, I feel like he's. Ha- I feel like he had a bit of a slump for a while. But I think like with Jack Black, it. I feel there's always a thing for him that people. I mean, I I not like him obviously, but uh, I feel like people are always going to like a Jack Black thing. I think people there's something mm. about him that people always warm to. Like I don't feel like he's ever sort of dropped away too so, much. I think he's he's always the character that you're going to get in like Tropic Thunder. He's the loud guy. Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. that's his role in every film. Is he's the loud guy. That's all he seems to ever do is just come in and shout at things. That seems to be it. Moving along to Ben Stiller, who's gone very quiet recently. Apparently, he's reformed his old punk band. Has he? Yeah, he had the whole punk band. And I thought he was making Madagascar six hundred and fifty-five. <laughs> No, I think with Ben Stiller again, it's a drop off, isn't it? Like, I, mean, I don't, I don't think the allure of a Ben Stiller movie would draw people in. Like, Zoolander Two was a bomb, wasn't it? Well, he, I think he tried to do the drama side of it, so he did that um, Walter Mitty movie, trying to look into the more serious side. I feel like you're going to insult Keith here. Yeah, the Walter Mitty movie is one of the best movies released in, in recent years. It's a cracking, great movie I'm, that I'm, should have been up for Oscar cinematography. If you let me finish, did we watch the same <laughs> film. I love that film. It I, was said, great. I think it was I just wanted to reach into the screen be like Kristen Wiig are you okay blink twice <laughs> if you need help I thought it was a f- average movie I'm going to go split the difference it was average yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was it was fairly average I don't think there was any kind of highlights from that movie except for the Icelandic scenery which was the best part of that whole film and the music but again that's not like you can't credit Ben Stiller with that no 
Like he was like you did a me- you you did your same old mediocre acting, but in like with a beautiful backdrop. Like let's give some claps to the cinematographer. Ben Stiller was just Ben Stillering. I feel I mean, like he, the, he directed it as well. I feel like Ben Stiller was always the leader of the frat pack, though. I feel like it all centered around whatever he was doing. Yeah, and he got all these guys involved. I'd quite like to maybe see him now nurture a younger pack of comedy actors to do a similar sort of thing. So we have this like good renaissance of comedy films again but maybe you know, with him maybe directing one and giving a group of new group of people no I'd point. prefer for Key and Peele to start bringing more comedy to the front yes mm-hmm. I could yes. see a Key and Peele group not of everyone has to come out through SNL yeah but I mean don't forget we've had good female yeah. performers come out of SNL in the in the intervening gap between the Ben Stillers and stuff so yeah so Brad Melissa Amy Pohos and all the rest of them so you know kind of like the, and the Leslie Jones and the Ghostbusters I think yeah. the audiences are just a little bit less receptive I think female S- I think stuff. SNL itself had its day now it's a 70s format that's limped on a decade longer than it should have done really they'll do like one good sketch per hour yeah. Yeah. yeah but don't you guys like it though when like you see a comedy film and then all these familiar faces pop up in a funny humorous role but like, it's I like of, that kind of like crossover feel well, yeah. no, but can I just remind you that there's only about five people doing well in the comedy scene because it and it's this nepotistic thing where there's no new talent or faces coming in because it's it is will ferrell and friends it's ben stiller and friends in all Mm. these films and it's like i'm sure they have a great time making a movie with their mates and like yeah it'll probably be an enjoyable any new person will just get a cameo throwaway bit and it's like you're kind of up on the comedy scene so you'll get five minutes someone like um russell peters who's actually one of the biggest selling stand-up comedians at the minute he gets five to ten minutes of movie at best as a cameo yeah. well, what about the other guys in this group though? Right. Paul Rudd has just taken the Marvel check and ran yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes, the same as Steve Carell though he's taken the indie, indie film route now as yeah. well like. so um, Seth Rogen but I always think to myself like Seth Rogen Paul Rudd, Steve Carell Jesse Segal those people they were like a I'd, second breed I'd, of it they kind I'd of they say ha- they're the avatar gang rather than yeah the they were like pack. a second second wind of it they're like if will ferrell did nudity yeah yeah they were the cruder batch they but, came like the later noughties i mean seth rogan just seems to do stuff about weed and that that's his entire shtick it's like if it's a stoner movie i'm in haha <laughs> guys weed it's funny yeah, for like yeah, a like, whole course but, of a movie, but in like a, in like a really like gravelly voice. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like the weed. <laughs> but that's all he does. So, uh, like, oh, I, I used to be chubby. Like, oh, I'm so relatable. He's the Jennifer Lawrence of me. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's Judd Apatow stuff. So he was but, the Green Hornet as well. But at one point, <laughs> don't don't mention that film, Keith. Judd Apatow helped the original Frat Pat though. Yeah, he produced a lot of that original yeah. stuff. So it's. I don't know, I'd like to see them back together again, doing something. Like Vince Vaughn, what's he doing now? Like, he kind of but, dropped off after True Detective. But you think their time would have been something like Isle of Dogs, where you could have got them all playing the dogs rather than the usual Wes Anderson collaborators? Because we, we haven't really mentioned Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson. So Luke Wilson just gets everything that Owen Wilson discards and puts to one side, I believe. Yeah. That yeah, seems exactly. to be his career is Owen's not available. Luke, can you come and act? Fine. Yeah, cool. But he did do. Get, he did get to do Idiocracy, yeah, which is a great, great film. But I don't think that was as a result of his acting in the frat pack stuff. I think a lot of the problem is is that they just there just isn't the films for them to be in. Yeah, really. There's not. I, I, you know, it's there's there's only so many tiresome kind of crude frat 
fraternity films that you can make until you hit a certain well, age. There aren't many films where someone can just turn up and go, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel... I- Feel, sorry to interrupt. I, I feel like there was a movie that came out earlier this year, Blockers. And mm. I think that's basically where they're at now is they are going to be playing the funny parent roles. They're not going to be maybe the lead characters in these yeah. films because, you know, they are in their 40s. I feel I feel like the t- they've all, most of them have realised the time has passed, but then you get to the enigma is Will Ferrell, yeah. who, who doesn't seem to be able to progress from being what you said, like now having to play the fatherly type because he's in yeah. daddy's home and whatnot. But I feel like Will Ferrell can't break away from I have to be in the silly comedy still. He's still playing Buddy the Elf in he, everything. Yeah. He's, he's still, again, another Mr. Shouty. He's the same yeah. as Jack Black. He can't he can't do a nuanced role. I mean, Everything Must Go, which is a film he was in, which was actually quite a dark is, movie. Is that the one where he hears the voice of Emma Thompson yeah. in his head? Yeah, no, I thought that was... That's Stranger Than Fiction. Is that Stranger, Stranger Than Fiction? I, everything that Must Go was, was the one where he was selling everything off from his off house. His, off his garden. Yeah, the one, garden, the one yeah. where he's the writer, I thought was actually quite and he can, decent. He can do drama, he can act, but I think people automatically, as soon as they hear Will Ferrell in the head, think it's going to be... A stupid comedy with farting and shouting in it, and yes. that's that's what he's always going to do. But coming back to your point of these movies aren't being made anymore, these kind of baldish comedies, because I think the movie industry is now diverged into two separate things. We don't have that medium movie anymore with a decent budget. What you have is either the big bluster, blockbuster, something like Captain Marvel or Infinity War or Aquaman, where millions upon millions of pounds worth of CGI gets thrown on top of the movie or you have the quite nice indie flick and that middle of the road movie seems to have disappeared from I don't cinemas. think I don't think it's disappeared it's definitely disappeared from cinemas yeah but if you think about what's it's appearing on to, Netflix yes yeah, moved there's a lot a lot of these people are appearing in straight to Netflix films well we could we could talk about the happy Madison gang which is basically the frat pack for Adam Sandler people but I I kind of miss these films though. Like I miss going to see a, a dumb, stupid comedy, a load of comedy actors in. It just not you have to take it seriously. That's why I'm actually looking forward to Holmes and Watson because I, I, Step Brothers. I think is one of the best comedy films of all time. I think it's absolutely genius. I think that is the point where Will Ferrell was at his best. And I think with him and John C. Riley, who I initially saw as a, a, a drama actor, him when they're together, the combination works. But I think Will Ferrell outside of not working with someone in his comfort zone so with John C. Ryder I think this is going to be great because I feel that like he's he's gone I disagree I think Step Brothers was that decade's Dumb and Dumber oh, Step Brothers is amazing it is a, an amazing film but it was that particular type of one-off films that you can't go back to and I think having them both back together into the Sherlock Holmes movie it feels a bit like Dumb and Dumber but that didn't have a Catalina wine mixer right? but that's what I'm saying it's kind of like has that magic gone now I mean I think to sort of I think I've, I'm wrapping it up I guess like would you like to see them all back together to do a film and what was their defining moment as a, as a team as a group of comedy actors at one point in the early noughties who just killed it for a, and were box office gold for a while because I do miss that but what what do you think their defining moment was and would you want to see them back together for me defining moment the street fight in Anchorman yeah mm-hmm. I was probably going to go the same way Yeah, I was actually going to say Anchorman because as a film it's it's one of those films you have to be in the mood to watch mm. I think yeah. you have to be in that kind of otherwise it's too much little bit yeah. stupid sensibility kind of I just want to watch something which is stupidly funny for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But I think Anchorman is the peak of that. I, I'd agree. Anchorman is the, is the is the pinnacle of their their time. 
I, I agree, but I also want Starsky and Hutch in there because I think they did a damn good job of making a joke at Starsky and Hutch. Actually, I'm going to change mine. I'm going to say Tropic Thunder. Yeah, that's a good one. Tropic Thunder is a great film there which doesn't some, get enough love. There are some good films from that era, though. Dodgeball was genius, you know. Like, yeah. I think I think you've got ones that are things like Dodgeball and Tropic Thunder and Starsky and Hutch. I've got one or two of them, but I think what makes it Anchorman is that they're pretty it's much the whole, all there. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. Who, who's who's missing from Anchorman? There's one of them. Missing. Owen Wilson. There's Luke Wilson's in it. Yeah, it's he Owen plays missing from Anchorman. I think yeah. Owen's in the cameo in the street fight, though, isn't he? No, it's Luke in the street fight. Yeah, right. So only Owen so Wilson. Pretty much he was probably off making a Wes like Anderson it, yeah, film at the time. Like Callan, I, I, don't, I don't think you're old enough to know. I think they should. Are. I think they should all just return to SNL for a one-off all-star special and have it be actually funny. Well, I'd like to see the next generation come through now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see off, off on a, off on a tangent. We don't see it very often, and especially since Carry On has disappeared. Because I watch Taskmaster fairly regularly, I see quite a lot of British comedians. Yeah, and I would like to see a, a British a Brit pack. Com- comedy film because um, well, we, we don't really get British comedies. Well, you'd have Josh Widdicombe worrying in the background about everything. Oh, you'd Joe have Ro- Thomas playing the guy he played you'd in have between. Romish Franganathan being angry at everything, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> Who else would you put into a British comedy pack then? Nish Kumar, I'd put in there. I think no, because he's got the most annoying voice in the world. <laughs> Lee, would, anybody- if we're going Nish Kumar, I would say Rachel Paris because she's yeah. hilarious. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, British comedy—it's it's, just—it's a different animal entirely. Yeah, but like a British yeah. comedy power, they, they people would just see that as um, Simon they, Pegg, Nick Frost, Tamsin Greg, Stephen, say, Stephen don't Mangan. Make, don't they make these films like direct to the DVD, like Nativity yeah. sixty four? Mm-hmm. I would say any anyone who was involved in Green Wing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That 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 is our version. <laughs> Friday Night Dinner, the movie. Yes, that'd be, uh, yes. <laughs> I think that's where it falls down for the British one. Is that is it's it's the TV translation on yeah. the buses, whatever it is. Yeah. In between us, the movie Kevin and Perry. Yeah, I mean, in between us, the movie was fine. In between us, too. Let's not talk about it and let's move along. I feel like for me, Holmes and Watson is my saviour this Christmas because there's only two films out between Christmas and New Year, and I have a cinema pass, and one is Bumblebee, and the one is Holmes and Watson. So still waiting for Frozen Two. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's one or the other, and it's got to be the reunion of Step Brothers for me. Keith, we're having a dinner party, aren't we? We are. Do you want to explain the rules of this dinner party? Rules. Rules. Let's see if there's any rules. They're made to be broken. Basically, everybody has their wonderful Christmas uh, get-togethers, and people come. And you not might, my house. We don't. You, you <laughs> might have a plus one or a plus two, and you you're gonna, you want to bring somebody interesting <laughs> to your Christmas do, don't you? You want to have somebody interesting. So what what I we've suggested is you. is that we all pick two fictional characters that we'd like to bring to our Christmas get-together to just kind of make it go with a bang. Fictional. Fictional. Yeah. Uh, not real. Ah, uh, what? <laughs> People to start again. Pe- people that are are in in fantasy, you know, in, in any kind of medium, but not an actual yeah. person. Should make it easier for you because they'd probably want to come with you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so I'm going to start with you my start two. Off. I'm going to start yeah. with my two because I was thinking about this on the bus as I usually do. Uh, and I've are you bringing the two people from on the bus? <laughs> on the bus, yeah, Reg and his mate. No, I've decided that I am going to bring uh, Ted Theodore Logan and Bill S. Preston Esquire. Are the real versions or the robot versions? No, not the ones. They're the ones. They're not. They haven't got the full-on robot chubbies. These are the real. Who are Bill they? and Ted? Who are oh they? my god, he doesn't know who Bill and Bill Ted is. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. The Wild Stallions. It's Keanu Reeves, basically, and another. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Because he couldn't have, what was it, Bill S. Preston and John Wick at the same time. Because they've got two carnations of Keanu Reeves. I, I, ha- I, had, I had seriously considered having every person Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder had ever played no way. together way. at the Christmas party. No way. Because uh, that would be quite cool. Because then it, can, I'd be just surrounded by Keanu's and Winona's. Because you know they would have just would stood go there. I would that party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> but you know they'd just stand there for the entire night going, Dude, dude, no way. Whoa. 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 And then Longwick would kill everyone. Yes. That's his party trick. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't touch the dog, you're okay. <laughs> so they've got a time machine. Yes. They're excellent musicians. They haven't got a time machine. Rufus has a time yeah, machine. Yeah, but he's, he's kind of donated it to them. And they can play they can play they can play music as well. So that'd be cool. So they could they could well, just depend, whip out their guitars. It depends and play music. what part of the timeline are you going from? Are you going from future Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan when they got learnt to play at the end of the first nah, movie? This is, this is pre-end garage bands. Everything's rubbish. Just thr- thrash metal guitar stuff. It'd be good. It'd be nice. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'd quite like to have Bill and Ted as my guests at our Christmas do. Station. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Excellent. Phil, who would you go for? Oh, these are going to be a bit more reasonable choices. Um, well, judge for yourself, I don't know. Uh, so my first guest will be the Doctor, number 13, Ooh, nice. Jody, as played by Jodie Whittaker, mm-hmm. because she's my... You just want to favorite. steal her scarf. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just I feel that the way that the the way she's playing that character, she would be so much fun at a party. She's so full of... She'd be so full of festive cheer and bring the joy... Um, so she would be she'd be the life and life and soul, and then my second guest is because sometimes at a family Christmas party, all you want to do is hide in the kitchen and drink whiskey away from everyone else. So I would bring Jessica Jones. Ooh, Ooh. okay. Why would she just be depressing though? Like I feel like she'd be too like. Ugh. It's my party can. I'll invite whoever I want. Okay. <laughs> spending Christmas Day with you would be depressing. <laughs> Lee, who would you select? Uh, I selected uh, two game characters actually. Um, the first one I thought of... The plant from Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Not the plant from Super Smash Brothers. Um, I was thinking, you always need uh, help in like serving the food. And if you need to help chopping the turkey, I was thinking Raiden from the Metal Gear series. Because his, his whole thing is... He's he'd gotta, cut through the table. Yeah, but you get, get it all like sliced up. Are we really going quickly. for the Metal Gear Rising Platinum games? Metal Gear Rising, Rising yes, yes. yes. Just because of the whole fast blade thing. He so. can cut through anything. Yeah. He can cut a watermelon in half so he can cut the turkey up. So there you go. <laughs> I would invite him. Um, and secondly, I would go with uh, Victor Sullivan from the Uncharted series, largely because he seems like he'd be able to uh, tell some good stories. Admittedly, he'd be the sleazy uncle at the party, but <laughs> his stories would still be good, even if most of them would end up with... And the they various, all died. <laughs> the ver- no, the various women that he slept with in different countries. But I think there'd be some interesting stories within that. Interesting selection. Yeah, I'd love to see this interact now. So we've got Bill and Ted, <laughs> Jessica Jones, the Doctor, Raiden, and what's it? Victor Sully. Sullivan. Sully. Sully from the Uncharted series. It's an interesting combination so far. Callan, which two preteens would you bring? <laughs> two preteens. Just so you had somebody else to sit around the kids' table. Oh, and Lala. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I thought when you mentioned the time machine, it got me thinking. Oh, dangerous things. Well, we've got two time machines in the same room now. Yeah. This is going to be quite well, worrying. And I, they're both phone boxes. They're both phone yeah. boxes. I, think I've, I think I've messed this up now, then, because I said Professor Frank, because I thought that he had a time machine from Simpsons uh. in that one episode where he made a time machine. And I'm like... Well, you've chosen Frank now. He can't have 
Um, so you mean Professor Farnsworth from Futurama, who actually did build a time machine? Oh yeah, I could have, that would have been a better suggestion, actually. Good news, everyone! <laughs> well, you know what, actually, he'd be more fun, I feel like, because I feel like... Well, he's gone he to was... another party now, because you, you <laughs> ghosted him and went, and went after you this were Professor Frink. Frink. I mean, either of them would have been a good pick. Well, It'd just be fun at a party. It is, it is a good pick, because you've picked it. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon they'd have some good stories, they'd just be an absolute laugh, and I reckon after a few drinks, like, they'd be... <laughs> what, they'd be easy? <laughs> no! <laughs> Why are you doing that, Colin? <laughs> Why? I'm not going to lie, everyone. This is looking a bit like a, a bit of a sausage party at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. Phil's brought two ladies. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's <laughs> it. Phil's brought two ladies, and that is it. Well, a lady and an alien, just to get around any that's angry true, gammon. See, I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to pick for my second one because I'm like, do I want a chill party or do I want like a it's, it's... rager? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's your party, and you'll just, cry if you just want to. Pick somebody, Colin. I'm going to say John, McCla- uh, John McClane from Die Hard. <laughs> He's just going to be stuck in the vents all night. <laughs> I feel like he'd just be really good. At least you wouldn't have to tell him to take his shoes off. I was off. just going to make that joke. You beat me to it. But he wouldn't be walking around in a dirty vest all night. I mean, well. he, he would show up and be like, oh, um, actually, like everyone else made an effort. Like the, like the doctor dressed really nicely and mm-hmm. he was here wearing like a grubby, rabsy Nesbitt vest. I feel like he'd be so just like... Just chill down to earth. I don't know. And then after a few drinks, like he'd be like, he didn't seem that fun at the start of the movie when it was just the Christmas party. It's only when the terrorists arrived that he got interested. <laughs> <laughs> My two. I am gonna go with Robert Downey Jr.'s version of Tony Stark, mainly because you know he's gonna bring the party with him. He's gonna bring like the good, good liquor. And could you imagine the presents that we'd all get as well? I feel like yeah. he'd make it so like over the top though rather than like and know. that's the point yeah, exactly. you want to have a great Christmas party you invite Mr Tony Stark it, but it's going to be Tony Stark the Doctor and Jessica Jones locked in the kitchen and the rest of us all day <laughs> sitting around <laughs> it's a great party this cool but I think Iron Man would be a good introduction so who would well, he would probably just send the suit in his place <laughs> or an LMD <laughs> just... who was your other pick then my other pick oh it's just gone out of my head I would have. Oh, where's he gone? Where's he gone? Jessica Lang. Who? Um, what's her name? Uh, from Murder She Wrote. Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> Jessica Fletcher. That's what I was going for. Jessica. Because. I was thinking Jessica Lang. Okay, I could go with because that. Because if you're having a murder mystery night, she'd be the best person to write it. No. Because she would have killed everybody, <laughs> I, I, and I feel I feel like maybe if yeah, the, the, with all these people at this party, someone may well end up dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking having a detective on site. There's, there's a bit of a dangerous moment here where everybody's going. Jessica said she really likes you. <laughs> she does. <laughs> <laughs> I would sit her next to between Guy and Callan. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I totally got it wrong, so then I had to think of two people, so I panicked. Uh, you were going to invite some real people. I was going to invite some real people, yeah. Who were you going to invite? If it was real people, I was going to invite Kate Bush and Bradley Walsh, you know, music <laughs> nice, and Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> music and laughter. <laughs> <laughs> with Kate Bush and Bradley Walsh, that's a new album. That is, <laughs> that is like an ITV Str- evening with. Yeah. Straight, straight to number one, that album. Here we let, Let's introduce Bradley Walsh doing Babushka. <laughs> That would be incredible. Uh, no, so I had to pick two fictional obviously. Uh, I'm going to invite Cher Horowitz. 
Oh yes, Ooh, good that choice. is a good shout. But she'd just diss everybody's outfits. Though. Yeah, exactly. And me and her and Phil would just be clearly bitching about everyone in the corner. I think you've really missed Josh's character. She's actually very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the people in this room, Phil, she'd be like, I mean, well, we... she'd be ripping into John McClane, wouldn't she? I, I mean. She and I would get on so well. I just, that's, that's <laughs> I, feel, I feel like she'd be a good party guest, you know, and we'd all be rolling with the homies as well, which would be yeah. great. So, um, and also because you've got Jessica Fletcher come in, uh, I'm going to bring Patrick Bateman to kill you all. <laughs> wow! And I have a have a, a bloody. I'd just make sure I had some decent business cards. I feel, I feel like Patrick Bateman would be the arrogant person to bring to a party that like he'd leave halfway through to go and murder somebody yeah but wouldn't no, that be great he'd be that awful awful guest who just like just coke in your bathroom yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah could you not bring like Falcor from the nether ending story or somebody that we could all go for a ride on and it's a giant dog so everybody's happy I mean I'm sure Patrick Bateman would have a go for a ride on most of these people <laughs> It kind, it's a kind of an insight into everybody's psyche who they've invited <laughs> as guests so we, should I run down the list of guests at this party so we've got Callan Danes come in ugh, <laughs> Professor Frink John McClane Ryan Parrish Tony Stark Jessica Fletcher Keith Bloomfield Bill S. Preston Esquire Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan uh, Guy Halford Cher Horowitz Patrick Bateman uh, Lee, Lee oh, I forget your second name man <laughs> Price. Lee Price sorry it's because you haven't added me on Facebook yet. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so I'm going to get Patrick on you uh, Lee Price I didn't I didn't get this name very well. I put Raiden 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 right I read, Keith was Keith tapped me and was like, "Listen, Mark guy." Raiden from Mortal Kombat. So like, he 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 he's on the list as Raiden. Let him know when you invite me in. Um, Victor Sullivan, uh, Philip I've, Ellis. I've just now got a horrible image of Raiden playing Raiden <laughs> in the game. Uh, we got Philip Ellis, the Thirteenth Doctor, and Jessica Jones. That's I think the, that's a guest list. Could you imagine the taxi cabs home? Got Callan sat there with John McLean. <laughs> well, who's who's going to end up like drunkenly pashing under the mistletoe? <laughs> oh, we all I'd went. say <laughs> I'd say Jessica Fletcher and John McLean. I'm sorry. Oh, we all know if Bradley Walsh was still invited, Thirteenth Doctor and Bradley Walsh. Yes. No, I'd say the Thirteenth Doctor would go for Jessica Jones. Yeah, I yeah. could see that. I'm actually, that's why I've invited them. I'm, it's a setup. Because I mean, uh, they've could... got enough both past traumas to like, fill a therapist diary for eternity. Yeah. I don't feel that I would be able to not keep myself away from keep under the mistletoe. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I bought Bill and Ted. You won't want to go near Raiden, he's a bit spiky. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we lost a creator of one of the longest running cartoons in history. The Unfortunately, the death of Mr. Stephen Hindenburg, who was the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. Which guy you said ran for twenty years? So I was, I was reading the uh, the obituary type things in the paper, and uh, yeah, I was shocked to read that it's basically been on TV for twenty years as of next year. Like, I just couldn't believe that like that's been around for twenty years. I love SpongeBob SquarePants. I think like of the Saturday morning kids TV cartoons, that is the most entertaining to watch because it's ridiculous and. It's like a less gross Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Um, but I just couldn't believe it's been on for 20 years. Like, how was that a cartoon about, uh, a, you know, a sponge-given life under the sea? Well, that it, makes no sense. How's that been around for 20 years? I think Stephen Hinneberg worked on Rocco's Modern Life before it, which is a show that I can remember more fondly than SpongeBob. That was, a, was a very bit, strange show. bit too old for SpongeBob. I remember it having a male cow with it as... 
which always threw me out. Oh, uh, uh, oh I can't remember. Heifer? Heifer the cow, yeah. yeah. But it was a male cow, which was really weird. Mm. That, was a very, that was a really strange show. Yes. Um, but I think I felt SpongeBob's weirder. I think it was that pinnacle of Nickelodeon scheduling at the time where they just did gross-out stuff for kids, basically. Because SpongeBob, to me, always felt like this is a kid's version of Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, I mean, like, Ren and Stimpy, if you go back and watch that, the show's genuinely horrendous. Like, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't even know how I watched it as a kid. It was horrible. But, like, SpongeBob does have those gross moments, but then it's, like, it's quite sweet and it's quite funny as well. Yeah. Like, I think the gross-out moments are meant to, They're not meant to horrify kids, but they're there to make them laugh. Whatever you said, Phil, it's become more of a meme nowadays. It's, it's had a second resurgence in uh, its life. Yeah, I have loved... I mean, I think it was more maybe last year... Um, what? <laughs> Sorry, could you, did you get that? Could you turn phones off in the cinema, please? Um, yeah, so like the, the just the, the, the many, many memes that have arisen, like the mocking SpongeBob, SpongeBob and SpongeBob No Pants and yeah. Evil Patrick and yeah. just like that. Yes, it's been brilliant that it's kind of back in the forefront of everyone's mind again. Because mm-hmm. I think it's one of those shows that's it's probably missed my generation. Well, and, and same, yeah. like, I, I was aware of it, but I was a bit too old to actually yeah. watch it. Callan, were you a Spongebob fan in your I childhood? I was a Spongebob fan as a child. Can I loved you? it. I, mean, I, I feel like if you'd got into it now as an adult, though, you'd totally appreciate it, because there's a level of humour with it, which I feel like they aim for kids' humour, but they aim for adult humour as yeah, well. So it's, there's nice, subtle... There's a lot of innuendos humor. there that are clearly aimed for like parents watching. It's Saturday morning hangover telly. I remember an all-time great moment in the actual the first SpongeBob movie where like he's got like a dreadful hangover, like a full-on like morning beard and stuff like that because he's binged on an ice cream. But it was just like the fact that he binged on ice cream was the kid side of it, but the, just like the short the the aspect of that the hangover, the look, the speech was kind of like adults were like, yeah, no, I know that I know that feeling. It's one of the few animated TV shows as well that I thought successfully translated into two quite amusing feature length films because mm. there's the first there's the first one the first movie, one with David Hasselhoff with David Hasselhoff because they really is... push the David Hasselhoff angle quite a lot yeah and, it, and it's great and it kind of plays off his whole kind of Baywatch thing and then you've got the second movie which which has got Antonio Banderas in it and I think they work very well as kind of fun films which I, I thought I, I enjoyed both of those movies really I well, just feel as a cartoon it's got continuous ideas well it's had quite a lot of critical acclaim so it's won six Annie Awards which is the animated yeah. version of the Oscars eight Golden Reel Awards four Emmys 15 Kids Choice Awards and two BAFTAs yeah and that's pretty good going for a comedy about a sponge I think it's just it's a perennial favourite it's one of those like you said it came out of the time when you had things like uh, the Nickelodeon were really getting into their good animated comedy so like you said you've got Rocco's Modern Life you've got Arg Monsters you've got yeah. Spongebob and stuff and I think if it wasn't for the these shows, we wouldn't have the Adventure Times and the regular shows no. and the Steven Universes that yeah. we do now. I think they're very much a precursor to those shows to go, actually, we can make a funny cartoon show that actually says interesting things under the guise of slapstick and stuff. Well, and I think, as you said, it's a, it's a golden age for Nickelodeon this period because they haven't really done much since except headed for that terrible Disney-ish teen drama they kind of went a little bit live action heavy for a while yeah but I think the stuff like Spongebob is just you can you can catch it and watch it and it's quite good and and then you'd got a lot of other shows a cartoon network came in things like Chowder and Flap um, the misadventures of uh, Flapjack and all that kind of stuff so I think it, it definitely set the course for 
slightly irrelevant, irre- irreverent, irrelevant, irreverent <laughs> yeah. um, comedies that had a bit of a kind of adult tinge. Well, I think it fed off the back of stuff like Rugrats because, again, that was yeah. a comedy show which had some quite dark moments in it, actually. If yeah. you think about it. I mean, like, I, I, I haven't been in touch with SpongeBob for a fair few years, you know. I've, I've, oh, I've, you've drifted apart. He's not called, he's not text. Yeah. <laughs> he's living with a vegan now, so he, he can't get his uh, Crab Shack burgers anymore. <laughs> but, like, when I do, when I see an episode on TV, I, I will sit down and endeavour to watch it because I just know it's going to be 15 minutes of stupidity. And I think it's given me, like, one of the funniest episodes of television I've, I've ever seen. Uh, just just for the concept alone it was an episode called Life of Crime and the concept was about Patrick and Patrick Starfish and SpongeBob SquarePants going on the run and resulting in a life of crime because they borrowed a balloon and it popped so they felt like necessary <laughs> to go on the run and then they after a few few hours on the run which seems like on the, in the cartoon like it's been weeks months days years um it actually turns out it's the same day and it's actually a free balloon day yeah. It's just like that. I mean, like the the payoff's genius, but just the, this is the mere concept of two people, two idiots, go on the run because they pop a balloon. Is that the I'm one that, on board? Is that the it? one that also parodies Thelma and Louise at one point? Yeah, I think it? so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the the one I remember mostly is when the squirrel moves down to Bikini Bottom. Oh, Sandy. Sandy. She, lives, she lives in an upside down fishbowl basically full of air and Spongebob has a crush on her and he goes to visit and you see this sponge drying out slowly for the entire time that he's in (laughs) she offers him a glass of water and you just see him go I need the water the number of times I've seen that used on a Sunday morning on Twitter when people have been hung over (laughs) (laughs) just this dried out husk going I want it I think yeah Um, Callan do you have a particularly favourite Spongebob episode uh, I don't know if I've I, I don't know if I've got a particular favourite, but I do just. I mean, love... I can see you identify with Patrick <laughs> as a guy identifies with Mr. Krabs. Thanks. I do. I do love the fact that we do have someone called Sandy Cheeks who lives in Bikini Bottom, and that to me it will always just be just brilliant. Keith, any particular favourite? Oh, the Pirate Captain, of course. Live action bits in the middle of shows, just randomly that just. I mean, what no a theme tune all. as well. Like... Yeah. Arr, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, it's a phenomenon, and I hope that it ca- carries on. Yeah. I mean, it's sad that the creators died, but I just hope that it carries on for years to go. Like you know, like all the Simpsons, oh. which is outstanding as well. Like, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at least he's left us a gift of two hundred odd episodes of one of the best regarded animated shows that's been out recently. All right, there's so much going on in the local area. We're going to actually point you to our new Twitter feed, which is at Geeky Goings On. That's G-W-E-K-Y-G-O-I-N-G-S-O-N. And we throw up all the geeky stuff that's going on in the area for the week. Hey! Thank you for joining me this week, Mr. Philip Ellis. Where can I find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L. Ellis with two. Uh, look for the guy with the ginger beard, the blue tick, and the speedos in the kimono. Thank you for joining me this week, Mr. Lee Price. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Cheap Ferret. Thank you for joining me, Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Where can we find you online? <laughs> at the Angry Pensioner. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I've fallen. Um, no, it's uh, Hardluck underscore Hotel on Twitter without the underscore everywhere else. Just look for a slightly. Um, Ginger cartoon. Ginger cartoon, yeah. I'm currently watching a falling leaf fall from the sky, uh, but that might change over the next few weeks. Thank you for joining me on the show this week, Mr. Callan Danes. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the ABA Audio. 
You will not change the word. Ba-ba-dio. I'm not changing the word. Ba-ba-ba. Not changing it. It's staying. He's a Twitter sheep. Ba-ba-dio. Ba-ba-dio. Thank you for joining me this week, Mr. Guy Halford. Where can we find you online? I don't want to be found online because people will probably tell me off for showing elderly people, so you can't find me you online. Can you can li- find him at Vinyl Guy Hate. You can't find me online this week. I'm not finding You can find him at Vinyl Guy Hate on Instagram. Leave all your abusive messages there. Yeah, and I'll just tell you to go away. <laughs> and you can find me. Falling uh, sm- <laughs> on smacked cra- cla- cracked glass and leaving a puddle on the floor. No, no, no. Better one. Better one. Where can you find you? No. Is that the best we're going to get? You can find him with his back door smashed in. Oh. No. Well, that was that's what we waited for. Surely you could have gone. You can find him with sandy cheeks on the bikini bottom. Well, I thought about with crabs at the bikini bottom. Oh. You are. <laughs> I I I think I think Callum has now officially killed that running joke that we had. I think that's it. I think that is the last time this ever happens because Callum just killed it. If you, if you enjoyed that joke, you're never going to get it again now because Callan ruined it. You can send all your hate to Baby Audio or whatever he's called. Yes. Callan has killed that joke, chopped it up, and shoved it in his fridge like Pat- Patrick Bateman. <laughs> you can find me at Ryan Parrish on Twitter and find us all at Geeky Brummy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitters, and at geekybrummy.com. Bye, everybody. Thanks for ruining my joke, Callan. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to support Geeky Brummy, you can do so at ko-fi.com forward slash geeky brummy. That's ko hyphen fi.com forward slash geeky brummy. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.